Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's another Mississippi State Monday morning, so let's overreact to the Bulldogs' weekend as the Diamond Dogs score a series victory against Alabama and spring football gets underway for Coach Mike Leach here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray, as we take a look at the weekend that was and start looking at the weekend to be for Mississippi State baseball and a quick glance at spring football, which, by the way, got two practices in last week and now resumes a busier schedule this coming week. But for right now, the focus is on the Diamond Dogs. We called the series with Alabama a must-win, and the Bulldogs did indeed win it. They come out of it with an even SEC record after two weekends. And pretty much what you say is the baseline for it all to be done in SEC baseball. Don't get swept on the road. Try to win the series at home and try, if you can, to pull a sweep at home. Well, they came very close to a sweep at home, although not necessarily in a positive way. That series could have quite easily gone either way. Mississippi State had to twice get their wins the hardest ways possible. In fact, if you look at it, 11 of the 15 total runs they scored in both victories were either in the 7th, 8th, ninth, or 10th inning, as it turned out. That's doing it the hard way on offense. Now, it's always good to do it, and it builds a lot of confidence for the ball club that they can win in crunch time. However, you would like to have a little more comfort factor going into the end of the games. And yes, winning the series was what mattered most. But you still have an incomplete feeling after that Sunday loss which prevented the sweep, a sweep which would have built some serious momentum going into April in these four West rivalry series. However, again, it could have been a sweep the other way around because when you have to come back to win, Alabama was in position to not just take the series but really dig the dogs into a hole in the first month of SEC season. Didn't happen, so in the Big overall picture, it was a good weekend for the Bulldogs. It just wasn't as good as it could have been, which is a great way to describe the starting pitching. It was good, not great, as defined by Coach Chris Lamonis. The bullpen issues continued. The offense was either hot or cold, and, well, that's pretty much how the team is playing at this point. They're good enough to be good, and they show enough good that you can think they could really be a very good, verging on a great team at times. What's not clicking to put it together? Well, if you know, contact Coach Lamonis because he and his assistant staff and the Diamond Dogs for themselves, for that matter, are looking for that missing element. I don't want to point to any one factor because that's just not how baseball works. So we're going to kind of give an interesting look at the, the various fa- factions of the game and what happened over the weekend. Again, like I said, State proved they could score in clutch time, but the fact that they had to score in clutch time was the unnerving thing, that against an Alabama team which looked eminently beatable, they just were not able to take charge of games early. It's great to win in walk-off fashion, as did twice. A lot of fun, a lot of enthusiasm, and great crowds, by the way, at Polk Dominion Stadium all weekend. Something like, uh, what, 35 or so thousand. A pretty typical weekend for the old days, and it's good to have that coming back again in these days. Even though it's a little bit cool, you can see that weather starting to turn, and it sets up well for the LSU and Auburn series. LSU, of course, the big rivals, and Auburn coming in for Super Bulldog weekend. So thank you, fans, for showing up. However, the team is still 15-10. and 10. Now, 
break even in the SEC is good. I just I can't say that often enough. It could be a lot worse. It could be better, but could be a lot worse. And two and four is a lot worse than four and two is good. Think about that. Roll it around in your head, and you'll eventually see what I mean. In fact, right now I count six SEC teams are three and three. Well, when that much of a 14-team league is deadlocked, maybe that's normal for the first two weekends. I could probably look it up, but I ain't going to take the time on this Monday morning to do it, so have fun with it yourself if you so wish to grind through a whole lot of numbers and seasons there. But they're not that far out. In fact, they're tied for second in the SEC West and tied for fourth overall in the conference. That's not a bad place to be, but it could be better. And isn't that the summary of it? They could, they're good right now, but they could be better and even so much better. So what's going on? Well, let's turn to the pitching first. We'll get to the offense, in, obviously, in time, and that's been a lot more fun lately, but let's go with the pitching, which is where most fans would want to focus at the moment. State stuck with the same rotation for the weekend, and I noticed that in 18 combined innings, all starters allowed three earned runs in those combined innings. Uh, And by the way, all the runs that Alabama scored were earned. Mississippi State's defense did not commit a single error despite shuffling the lineup around several times during the weekend, so that's good for the defense. However, when you're giving up earned runs, that means you're putting pitches in places where they can be hit, and Alabama was hitting them. And taking leads the first two days, and then taking a lead again the third day, this time to stay. Preston Johnson, Parker Stinnett, and Cade Smith seem to be the rotation that State is going to stick with for a while until and if the return of Casey Hunt. I say until because in postgame on Sunday, Coach Lamonis was asked about the status of Hunt and said that he's continuing to recover and he expects him back soon. Uh, Obviously, how a coach defines soon would be very different sometimes from how a fan or a media member would define soon. We just don't know. So until KC, who did start an opening weekend, is not thrown since, is cleared for action and works his way back in, the rotation is going to be the three right-handers that I've mentioned. Uh, the earned run average is not great. It's, again, good enough, but not great. And I say good enough. This, if you add up the numbers say, well, those are lousy ERAs. I tend to cut starting pitching a little more slack here in 2022, and I don't just mean Mississippi State. I mean everywhere. Look at the offensive numbers being put up all across the conference. I'm going to do a separate piece later this week, perhaps even a podcast about it as well. But I believe I counted up that over the weekend, there were something like 47 home runs hit in SEC games. Um, And they – That was 17 on Friday, 18 on Saturday. And remember, that's Friday and Saturday. That's against your best arms, both starting and relieving, and they're giving up the long balls. The oddity was only 12 homers were hit on Sunday. Of course, there are only six games played on Sunday, but still, (laughs) something is inverted this year. The starters are giving up the big shots and the -the down-the-line guys in what's supposed to be these big Sunday scores traditionally in SEC are not giving up the home runs. I'm going to have to do some serious grinding to figure out, if I can even, what's going on with that. Maybe it just means that uh, the best pitchers are putting the ball a little too fat in the zone this year, and they're paying the price because the batters are swatting them out of the yard. Mississippi State, of course, is paying some of that price too, but the Bulldogs are hitting home runs for themselves and hitting them in nice numbers as well. Again, we'll talk about the offense in a minute, but Mississippi State pitching did give up some shots, including one crucial one on Sunday 
yes, it was a solo, but I think it was crucial simply because Cade Smith did not get a strikeout he deserved. He put the ball where it needed to be. Instead, the count was allowed to go full. I know griping about umpiring in zones is a futile venture. But then he gives up the homer after that, whether out of frustration or just a lucky swing by the Alabama lefty. Doesn't mean a point. It made a 2-1 game 3-1, and everything kind of proceeded from that point with the rest of the game. So the starters have been competent under this year's offensive circumstances, but they haven't been great. The bullpen, I'm not even going to, at this point, give them the benefit of saying competent because there have just been struggles. And Chris Lamonis will be the first to admit it. He talks about that the arms are there, the talent is there, which, of course, we have said also. But they are not getting the job done. They're close to getting it done. They'll get an out or two. They'll get ahead of a batter. But as he talked about Sunday, there'll be that one pitch that they sit there and leave right in the zone to be hit, and it's not just getting hit. It is getting hit hard. That's not what bullpen pitching is about. And a lot of this bullpen pitching, too, remember, is done by matchups. That's why you see guys like Cam Tuller running out there because, frankly, State is just so short of left-handed relief, he's got to go out there and throw. And obviously fans get upset about it because he's been giving up some of the clutch runs in these series. But that's the fact. He's got to go out there and throw because you're short on the southpaws out of the bullpen. But even the right-handers have been touched out of the bullpen as well. So you just don't really know what is there to do at this point except, and boy, this is the most frustrating thing you can tell a fan, just get better. You know, Like he says, the coach says, it's, it's frustrating because they have the good stuff and they need these guys. In fact, what really frustrated Lamonis about the Sunday game was State went with the matchups because they saw the splits. Yes, it's early in the season, so those statistical splits of how you hit against a lefty or a righty or how you hit in certain inning situations, men on base, bases empty, those can be a little inflated in every direction, good and bad. Still, the splits dictated go with this particular pitcher and this particular pitch. Alabama beat it. That's all there is to it. Alabama beat it on Sunday and won the game by putting some icing runs on the board in the last inning. And that led to the frustration because you saw the chance for a sweep just trickling away with a base hit, base hit, base hit, getting through into the outfield and scoring runners from second base each time. But the pitching is what it is. You're not going to activate anybody at this point. As I mentioned, you're waiting for Casey Hunt to get healthy again. But other than that, you have who you have. And now it's a matter of those guys produce. There's nobody else left to use. Now maybe you change how they are used and how often they're used. Maybe you switch them more to midweek action. Maybe you use them more for specific mid-game matchups and save other guys for late-game work. But simply you have what you have in the pitching staff, and Coach Scott Foxhall is going to ride it. And given his record developing pitchers, you know he's going to do everything with everything he has to work with. And that is simply it for the pitching at this point. You've got what you have. You've just got to make it work. The offense was making it work right up until Sunday. Uh, There was a seven-game stretch where they'd hit 20 home runs worth 39 RBI. And this from the team that was struggling to show some power early in the season. We talked about the punch last Friday and also Monday coming out of the Georgia game. They've been swatting the ball for power, but they've also been missing the ball. Uh, for the weekend, State was 277 average against Alabama. And Alabama's not great pitching, but they had a couple of guys who threw probably better than they are, as you would say in baseball terms, and that just happens in the game. Uh, 
Still, State showed some tendencies again in the weekend to get fooled by the breaking stuff or to be impatient or to try to yank balls. You know, the, you saw a lot of attempts over the weekend to pull. I think some of that obviously had to come to do with you're hitting the home runs and you think, well, if he's swatting them out, it's my turn. Or I've hit a home run off this guy. I can surely do the same thing against this guy. I just have to swing hard and fast. Well, the result being you're pulling balls foul, getting behind in the count, and then the pitchers can throw whatever they want and you're almost at their mercy. Now, now understand this before I talk about one topic. I've worked around baseball, written about baseball for four decades, and I know better than most just how temptingly foolish it is to oversimplify anything about this sport. Well, other than throw strikes, and all else will proceed from there, as long as the guy in blue behind the catcher calls strikes, that is. Another topic for another day. Having said that, done some quickie calculations here that may just about summarize Mississippi State's situation, and it does involve pitching. I don't diminish the pitching situation, but here's the two numbers to know on. In their 15 wins, Bulldog batters have averaged 345. That seems a little high, so maybe I counted too quick and hit the wrong buttons on my calculator, but that's what the screen shows, so for now, I'm going to go with it. If you want to recalculate for me and correct it, do feel free. In the 10 losses, the average is 189. Is it really this simple? Eh, Probably not, but then maybe it is. Because as I've said before, and I'm afraid I'm going to be saying all season long, this is the year of offense in the SEC. State put up some good numbers for the weekend offensively, but you look around the league and see that that was just kind of average by what's happening at most SEC addresses. Well, without taking any cheap shots, Uh, one address in particular known for offense kind of came up a little bit flat this weekend. Again, that's baseball, but um, that had to sting up there. And it's another reason I lay off cheap shots is Mississippi State's about to head to Arkansas, and that's a place where Diamond Dog teams better than this one have struggled mightily, so maybe I should shut up on that count. Regardless, State, just simply has a far better chance of winning, not just when the batters are hitting for average, but drawing walks, hit by pitches, oh, grossly oversimplifying again, am I? But that's really what it's coming down to because with the pitching having to basically more limit damage than dominate, and I think that's going to be a tone most of the season, it's up to the offense to, at the very least, keep pace with the other team, which Mississippi State did not do this past weekend. That's why you had to have those late-game rallies, those huge home runs, those big contacts in the later innings because they didn't keep pace early. Again, it's a dual-edged sword in that you gain confidence with every time you win a game in the clutch. But when you make those things habit, it gets a little too easy to think, oh, well, we haven't scored through the third, the fifth, the sixth innings. We'll turn it on later. Maybe, maybe not. The Diamond Dog offense needs to keep pace with the opponent and support that pitching staff. And who knows how much better could the starting be if they're pitching with a lead all the time? How much better could the bullpen be if instead of having to protect a narrow lead, they have more margin to work with? It's funny how that loosens up the arm and allows you to throw some of those pitches to break some balls into the zone or to nibble at the corners. 
much more easily and free of mind than it does when you're just clinging to it or worse, trying to avoid giving up that one hit in the ninth inning that's going to cost you the game. Anyway, that's where the Bulldogs are at this point. The offense has been showing power and sometimes not. It's Maybe they're coming to rely a little bit too much on the power. It would, I think the series would have gone a whole lot smoother if for all the glorious dramatics of watching balls leave the yard in late innings, sailing into the night at Dutyville Field, which is a lovely sight. I'll never deny that. Maybe if you're getting a scratch single in the third inning with a couple of runners in scoring position or hitting a gap double with a runner on first base in the, in the first half of a game to really make that opposing starter work a little bit longer, a little bit harder, or get that bullpen busier early so they start burning guys on Friday instead of having them available for Sunday and later games. Maybe those are more productive than home runs. You know, you never know. You just never know, but to my mind, it's simply better to go out there and be consistent from the start offensively, give your starting pitching a chance to just settle in and pitch their own game instead of being on just pins and needles the whole contest. And then if the defense keeps playing errorless, and that may be the most surprising statistic of the weekend because Alabama put some balls in play and State did make a few lineup changes. I know um, in pregame there was some uh, angst on the message boards about, well, why are you taking – uh, Jess Davis out of lineup when he's done pretty good both in center field and in leadoff. Well, it was a matchup thing. They wanted Matt Corder out there and he ended up with a base hit. Yes, uh, he also had some struggles in there, but you know what? So did the, the guy in the two hole. So did the guys in the five and six holes. They didn't come up with the hits as well. That was just how Sunday developed. So let's not blame that for any defeat on Sunday. There's going to be some mixing and matching there, but I still think long term. Chris Lamonis and Jake Gotro have settled on, if not the regular nine guys they want to go with, then probably it looks like to me an 11-man group to pick from. You know, much like you have wide receiver rotations in that, you know that here's your basic lineup if the, guy, if the other team's starting a righty. Here's your basic lineup if they're starting a lefty. If somebody's hot, we'll adjust. But pretty much they seem to have come down to who they want to ride with in all the positions as which are settled with one guy at this point, except for nights, of course, when you've just got to give Logan Tanner a rest and let Luke Hancock catch a game or two, and Luke's a good backstop and deserves a chance himself. Otherwise, shortstop and center field are where you'll see the mix and match with the batting order. Because at DH, even though he didn't have a great weekend in some aspects, you are not taking Hunter Hines out of that batting order. He's just too big a threat, and so much greatness is ahead in his future. So that's where the Diamond Dogs are at this point. They'll be going on the road all weekend, a game at Memphis on Tuesday night, and then on to Fayetteville for the series with Arkansas. Of course, the Razorbacks swept State last season, and uh, as I've said, State has not played well in Fayetteville the last several trips there. But State, if this past weekend was a must-win series, this weekend is a must-not-get-swept series. You hate to put it in such simplistic terms, If they come out of the series with one victory, I'm not going to say it's satisfying, but you feel like you've avoided damage. If you come out with two wins, you are ahead of the game going into April and gain some serious momentum, and that could happen because, again, this is baseball. The Diamond Dogs have the potential. They have the offense, 
And if you get one of those weekends where you're starting pitching just plain on, you never know what could happen, even in a hostile environment like Vaughn Stadium. Quickly, spring football. Mike Leach had a couple of practices this past week on Thursday and Saturday to get camp going. This week, the pace picks up with a see Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday session. That's how they're going to script it the rest of spring, weather permitting, of course, because they Mike Leach hates using the indoor practice facility, which um, is going to be a topic. I'm hoping to catch John Cohen in coming weeks to talk about the future IPF, and I mean a real one, not just the current um, cobbled together baseball slash football edition they have. There are some plans. Many of you have seen some sketches about it. Uh, we've all talked about it for a long time. But there's a lot of genuine momentum. And by the way, Mike Leach, while he doesn't care about IPFs, that doesn't mean he won't use them if they're there. And frankly, as we have said many times in, on Gene's page before, the IPF is not being built for the current coach or current team. It will be built for the future teams and the future coaches who will be here and not least for the recruiting of those teams and, in fact, recruiting of coaches because facilities are going to be a selling point in getting coaches as well. Meanwhile, this team back on the field, two sessions in the books. Uh, it looks like there's good weather most days this week, so they should be able to take care of a lot of work. We'll be tracking the practice reports on our media staff from Gene's page, obviously, is out there as often as possible when not conflicted by baseball. So there's um, the spring football aspect going. Uh, is uh, Sawyer Robertson really giving Real Rogers that much of a push? Is uh, that just spring talk at this point? doesn't matter. It's an open competition, and that's the fun of it. I talked about Friday how the offensive tackle positions are what my main concern are. If you get Percy Lewis settled in at one tackle position and Albert Reese at the other, then you feel really good about the offensive line's potential. And I, I repeat, potential, because it's anytime you revamp the line and anytime that line is still in the process of figuring out air raid blocking, which, you know, after a couple of years, they're still there, but they got a lot closer this past year now. How do you replace a Charles Cross? You don't, but you do it collectively and let a senior quarterback's experience, I'm sorry, senior junior, although he has as many snaps as many a senior out there, and Will Rogers are a flashy freshman like Robertson. Other things I want to watch for in spring ball this year, much more subtle, but how are they using the running game? Are they even using the running game? And that's something tough to judge in spring or preseason because most of the practice plays are simply going to be passes. That's just the fact of life. So how do you judge? Well, you have to see the scrimmages and see how the play breakdowns go. That's something we certainly have to track there because when you have guys like Jacobius Marks, and Dylan Johnson, and now your redshirt freshman coming on who may be equal or better to both of them. At least that's what a lot of us hope out there. You know, a more well-rounded package runner-receiver. Maybe that explains it more into a, dare we say, modernized and upgraded air raid offense. Okay, I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself in that regard. But that's something you want to track here as we get on into spring football camp, and we certainly will with our covering core on jeanspage.com. Until then, we're still going to keep an eye on the baseball team, hope that Casey Hunt comes back soon, whatever soon is, and how they go on the road and just play for survival at Arkansas. We'll be talking again later in the week as they get ready for the three-game series in Fayetteville, have some more spring football reports to work on, 
And uh, maybe a few updates on basketball. Of course, you heard Iverson Molinar has declared for the NBA. Not a surprise. Disappointing, but not a surprise. And see what a few other basketball Bulldogs do and how they are working the transfer portal because Coach Chris Jans is going to need to inject some talent quickly onto his first Bulldog roster with the loss of Molinar and, of course, Garrison Brooks using up his eligibility. Fingers crossed Tolu Smith stays with the program. Indications are he will right now, but, again, you never know. And, of course, the updated status of the renovation of Humphrey Coliseum. Sounds like a lot's going on at Mississippi State? Well, of course. It's spring at Mississippi State. I've always said the busiest time of our calendar is from late February through mid-April. Basically, the start of baseball season with both basketballs going on, and especially this year with two basketball coaching changes, and SEC baseball getting cranked up in March all the way through mid-April and the spring football game when things finally, mercifully, slow down a little bit. But that's weeks away from here. And do you really want the pace to slow? Because then we wouldn't have a lot to talk about. And don't you know I would miss talking to you here in the doghouse. This is your host, David Murray, on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.